Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice, the C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and it is indeed a a great day in the USA. I certainly am grateful uh, that we are able to take this opportunity to uh, not only share the good news of uh, America, but also in my own way, I share the gospel of Jesus Christ almost every day on this show uh, when I'm on live and every day when I am on live. Uh, there is no question about it. I think the two are intertwined as far as the Judeo-Christian ethic is concerned. It is what has made our nation a great nation. There is no question about it, and that is our core values in our American DNA. And that is shining through. As we look at this primary season, looking back on the New Hampshire primary, uh, now I think there was a statement that has been and is uh, being sent by uh, and through the results of the New Hampshire primary, and that is this. The Democrats don't know what they want to do. Word to the wise, Buttigieg, word to Buttigieg, they don't want you yet. Yeah, they don't want you yet. Not quite the climate yet. But the world is spinning on its axis. There is no question about that. And the globe may very well be turning toward the sun of uh, the first, the sun shining on the very first gay presidential nominee but not yet not yet not until they exhaust everything else <laughs> but you would still come out ahead of bernie in the present climate in america but not for long okay uh, you would still come out ahead of Bernie in the present climate in America, uh, Mayor Pete, but not for long. Bernie uh, is uh, going to uh, be the father of a new movement in this country. No question about it. Bernie is going is the father 
of a new movement in this country. Now, how long will they put his name on the postage stamps and on their money? I don't know. I'm not really sure how long that will uh, continue to to occur, Uh, because right now he is on the currency of socialist in this country. You can't out socialize uh, a socialist. You, You can't out socialize a socialist. And I think that's probably the problem that, um, well, you know, um, Elizabeth Warren has. Elizabeth Warren is not really uh, in the vein of Bernie Sanders as a socialist. Are you hearing me? She's uh, yeah, she's crazy. There's no question about it. She she would do some horrible things uh, if she became president of the United States. It would be just absolutely horrendous because she would try to follow follow up and uh, be the the socialist that Bernie would have been because that's who would elect her. The far left loons would be the people to elect her, right? Yeah, right. And so uh, Bernie, however, grew up differently. You know, uh, at least Elizabeth had has some job resume in academia. Bernie, uh, even though he was in politics, you know, mayor of a town, I think, what, two people or something. <laughs> I don't know. You know. But uh, I don't keep I don't keep up with Bernie. I really don't keep up with Bernie. But uh, I can tell you that other than that little stint that he did there, it wasn't much to it. It really wasn't much to it. And so, friends, when we think about where we must go and what we must do from this point until uh, Election Day, one thing for sure. The Democrats have not a clue. They do not know what they want to do. They do not know, which is good. That's a good thing. But I can tell you this. They don't want Buttigieg yet. They do not want uh, Sanders. Bloomberg is, uh, I understand Bloomberg got the first three votes and <laughs> uh, it was right in it was a right in right in vote though it was but i understand he got the first three votes in new hampshire right in so they don't know what they want to do uh klobuchar as, as i'm saying to you mayor pete they don't want you yet because they are still trying to exhaust every avenue they can travel without you and Bernie Sanders being in the street or being in the vehicle that they're traveling on in that street, on that street. The Democrats don't want you, Bernie or Buttigieg. 
So they're looking, taking a close look in parachutes. Para, and that's what exactly what's happening in parachutes. Um, Mike Bloomberg. And Mike Bloomberg, my friends, uh, is just as crazy as any of the rest of them, except he's more dangerous because he has money. Yeah. I mean, real, real money. Years and years ago, uh, if you were a millionaire, you had a couple of million dollars uh, to your credit and your bank account. Um, hey, you were somebody. You were a millionaire. What does that mean today? Not much. <laughs> uh, even though, you know, all of us would like to be millionaires. and uh, But the, the goal now is to be a billionaire. Um, when you see Sean Puffy Combs name written across the screen, especially uh, by somebody like uh, Dave Chappelle. You take Dave Chappelle's uh, latest uh, comedy, uh, stand-up comedy routine. I think he did for Netflix or something like that. Uh, Sticks and Stones, I believe it was. Uh, there was a statement there. There was a comment there from Sean Puppy Combs, and it had uh, Sean Combs getting the credit, and under his name, it simply had one word, billionaire. And he is. And there was a time when um, that uh, was off the charts. I mean, that would just be something in the stratosphere, and it still is. But being a millionaire is um, it's quite common <laughs> in America, especially today. And that, my friends, is one of the reasons why the Democrats are having such a hard time trying to pick and find an adequate candidate because the times, yes, they're changing, but the times are changing for the better. Oh, you could actually see uh, Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren becoming the nominee if things were bad. If times were hard and capitalism and the free market was not working, you could actually see them become the nominee. But times are not bad. And I don't care how much the the progressive liberal media, socialist media, progressive socialist media. I don't care how much they tell you differently. Times are good in America. So Bernie Buttigieg and um, Warren, you don't have a chance. I understand, uh, and we got to check this. Be sure to check this uh, for me. I understand that um, Bloomberg has now leaped into third place. Which pushes Warren down a peg, and basically it pushes Uncle Joe out. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. If, in fact, Warren is now in fourth place, and Biden was in fourth behind her, 
before Bloomberg parachutes in? (laughs) That puts Uncle Joe at fifth, which effectively puts him out of the race as far as being viable. Now, he has money, but that's what he has. He can spend it if he wants to. But uh, I don't think Joe's in the mood to do that. (laughs) Uh, In fact, the way it appears, Bidens don't give back money. Well, who does for that matter? But Joe and and his son, Hunter, they they certainly are not going to give back any money. And if you let Rudy Giuliani tell his story, uh, the Bidens have been shaking down and taking people's money for years. Listen, folks, let, let's just be honest here. Can we be honest for just a moment or two? Let's just be honest here. Uh, Joe Biden knew that without any reference to Barack Obama, he would wind up in the same predicament that he's always wound up in when he runs for president of the United States. And that is less than 1%, maybe 1%, possibly 2% of any votes. People like Joe, Joe's been around a long time, But Joe Biden is not presidential material. He'll never be president. He he won't be president. Bernie, at 78 years of age, he won't be president either. And it won't be because of his age. It's because of Bernie's policies. And when it comes to Biden, Biden is simply a good wing man. He was a good wingman for Ted Kennedy, especially when they tried to hammer and crucify uh, Justice Clarence, now Justice Clarence Thomas. When they attempted to crucify him, it was Joe Biden who was Ted Kennedy's wingman. But can I tell you something? Can, 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 Can we just be straight here? When we thought of Ted Kennedy, what, 15, 20 years ago? We thought of the liberal lion of the Democrat Party. And even though we we knew Ted was a liberal and we would not uh, go along with his policies, one of the reasons why he was never president is because of the hypocrisy behind uh, Mary Jo Kopechny and all that, that type of thing. Uh, yet uh, he was the liberal lion of the Democrat Party. But, folks, be certain the party was not nearly as crazy then with Ted Kennedy being the liberal lion of the Democrat Party. It was not nearly as crazy as it is now. Oh, you had all of the the scandals and all of that type thing, uh, you know, and Bill Clinton being a protege of the Kennedys and and all of this type of thing. Uh, uh, You had all of the scandals, but you still got things done. You got you still got deals made and business. Our business was taken care of. Right. Yes, it was. Our business was taken care of. Even when Ted Kennedy 
was the liberal lion of the Democrat Party. That's not the way it is now. When you look at the uh, people leading the Democrat Party, even Nancy Pelosi, she, in order to hold on, in order to hold on, even Nancy Pelosi has to play the lunatic game. She has to play that game in order to hold on. And so, uh, friends, (laughs) when we take a look down the road at 2020, when we take a look down the road at 2020, at this present time, the Democrats in New Hampshire is certainly, certainly proof of that. New Hampshire is proof that the Democrats don't know what they are going to do. Not a clue. Not a clue of what they are going to do. Which is good because I know what I know who is going to win New Hampshire. I know who did win New Hampshire. I know who did win New Hampshire, and I, I know who's going to win every Republican, every GOP primary there is to be had in 2020. I know who's going to win every one of them, every GOP primary. Have you, have you guessed? Donald John Trump will win every GOP primary leading into 2020 race for the White House, and rightly so. And then in 2020, November, November 2020, he is going to win by a mega landslide because if this type of of, of incoherent message continues for another two weeks, we will be knocking on the door of Super Tuesday and the Democrats will be in disarray. You know, as well as I know, that the Iowa caucus was run shoddily. They cannot, they could not run an Iowa caucus. They could not run it. So are you saying to me in any way, shape or form that they can run the country? I don't think so. I just don't think so. You're going to decide, though. You're going to decide what the real talk is going to be come November 2020. And I hope that you don't come in talking foolishness in the midst of a nation that needs to understand just how blessed it is to be as prosperous as it has been over these last three years. We're back. The nation is back. And friends, you are indeed.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. C.L. back with you on this great day in the USA. I have scheduled to come up here shortly uh, Corey Lewandowski, the author uh, of the uh, book, co-author of the book, Let Trump Be Trump. And uh, he's got his boots on the ground there in New Hampshire, where he is running for a Senate seat there in New Hampshire. And I got to tell you something. We need to take the Senate in a greater way. We need to expand our presence in the United States Senate. And I certainly am going to do everything I can to um, uh, help in the effort of making sure we secure the Senate, the United States Senate. And uh, hopefully he's able to give us uh, some update on what's going on there on the ground in New Hampshire. Michelle's working on getting him on with us here shortly. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryan Show. Thank you so much for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here throughout our great nation over Red State, Red State Talk Radio, the largest talk, uh, conservative talk platform in uh, the nation. And I want to thank all of the other terrestrial stations who have us in replay and uh, other uh, platforms, digital platforms like Loving Liberty, uh, who have us on as well throughout uh, the nation and Liberty Roundtable. I want to thank them for coming along and welcoming us into their family. Uh, friends, when we look at um, what's truly happening in this nation right now, we are looking at a Democrat meltdown. They're melting down. Yes, they are. They are melting down. And uh, they don't know what they want. And they need to understand that they're going to have to choose. They're going to have to settle on somebody real soon. Now, who will come out of uh, the pack? We're not really sure. We're not really sure who's going to come out of the pack on top. But we do know this. Uh, whoever that is, I believe they are going to absolutely be trounced by Donald John Trump. Whoever that is, whoever comes out of that pack, uh, 
uh, on the Democrat side of that ledger. They are absolutely going to be trounced by Donald John Trump. And someone who has had their finger on the pulse of uh, this administration from the very beginning, and he's been a regular on this show, somebody who I really admire his work and his courage. That is our friend of the show, Corey Lewandowski, co-author of the book, Let Trump Be Trump. He's got his boots on the ground there in New Hampshire. Corey, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, my friend, I am in New Hampshire. We are crushing it on behalf of Donald Trump. It is so great to be back on with you and your great listeners. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Corey. Give us an idea of uh, just how much of disarray the Democrats, in from your standpoint, are in at this present time. Well, hey, it's very simple. I've got an eight-year-old son who can count to seven, right? He could have counted the votes in the Iowa caucus faster than these clowns could have. And, you know, when I walked out of my uh, precinct in the Iowa caucus and I caucus on behalf, gave a speech for on behalf of the president. Before I walked out the door, I knew exactly how many votes were cast. They still haven't figured it out and they want to run our health care. They want to run the government. They, they, they're not entitled to do that. That's how bad this is. And if you want to think about this, the chairman of the Iowa caucus, the chairman of the Iowa Democrats yesterday was doing a press conference and the sign fell off the podium during the press conference. <laughs> they can't even tape a sign onto a podium, right? <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. I saw that. That was really funny. And, uh, Corey, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this then. If, in fact, uh, we are able to hold on and expand the Senate, and we, we know that you're running for a Senate seat there in New Hampshire, uh, tell our audience what does that mean, and then uh, shift into telling us about your race and why you want that Senate seat. Well, look, we, we've got three very important things that we've got to accomplish this year. Number one, we've got to return Donald Trump and Mike Pence back to the White House so that they can set the course of our country as they have been doing for the last three years. It's critically important. Number two, we need to return the Republicans to the majority in the U.S. Senate. And I've got my friend John James running in the state of Michigan. He's a great candidate, military hero, helicopter pilot. You know, he has an amazing life story, and I think he's going to be the next U.S. senator from Michigan because I didn't know this, but there's a U.S. senator by the name of Gary Peters. Nobody else has ever heard of the guy either, but he's going to be a former U.S. senator very soon when John James beats him. And then the third priority is to take back the House of Representatives because if we continue to allow Nancy Pelosi and Rashid Tlaib and AOC to run the government over there, we will continue to see failure. Look, you don't have to. I don't respect Nancy Pelosi for ripping up the document. But what was more appalling to me was that she couldn't stand for the 100-year-old Tuskegee Airman. She couldn't stand for the for the young girl who just received a $5,000 scholarship to go to a school. She couldn't stand for the sergeant who did four tours of duty in Afghanistan and came home to see his family for the first time. Those people aren't Republicans or Democrats. They're Americans. If you can't stand for that, you don't deserve the privilege of representing people in the United States Congress. Absolutely agreed uh, with you on all points that you have made. How is your race going? How is your Senate race going? Well, you know, the president has begged me and begged me and begged me to get into the race. And I said, sir, my number one priority, our filing deadline is not until June here in New Hampshire. The primary is in September. And so I am 100 percent focused right now on making sure Donald Trump and Mike Pence get reelected. I was with both of them in New Hampshire yesterday. And I said, once we know the path that we've got them on and we're winning and we get through this primary season, you know, then maybe I relook at this. But I got to tell you right now, my only priority 
is to help Donald Trump and Mike Pence. That's what I care about the most, because if we don't send them back to Washington, think of what the alternative is. Think of what would have happened. We've got two amazing Supreme Court justices on the bench. We've got 190 federal jurors, federal justices on the bench. And that's all because of the Trump-Pence administration. That's my priority, and that's what your listeners' priority needs to be. Let's shift our priorities and and focus now to Bloomberg. Talk to us about Bloomberg. Uh, Mike Bloomberg, is he going to parachute into this race? Is he actually a viable? Is he he someone who the Democrats could look to for a savior of the party? Talk to us about it, Corey Lewandowski. Mini Mike, no one wants to remember this, but Mini Mike, right, he banned drinks in New York City, he banned the Big Gulp. No one wants to remember that. And what your listeners know is he's the same guy who decided in order to take guns away from African-Americans and minorities, just throw them up against the wall and you just strip search them, right? It doesn't matter. Don't worry about their civil rights. You just do whatever you feel. And guess what? Mike thinks by simply apologizing for all of the indiscretions that he has had as the mayor and throwing $2 billion at an election, it's going to buy his way in. There is no chance it's going to happen. Look, does the guy have a lot of money? You bet he does. But he wouldn't be the first rich guy to run for president and not be successful. The difference is he has no personality. He has no path to victory. And people in middle America where you and I live are not going to tolerate somebody who tells us what size soda or, or Coke or tonic you can drink because some elected official said it's okay. You know, Corey, I uh, have been selected and uh, one of the founding members of the Black Voices for Trump Advisory Board, and uh, our priority is to get the president reelected. And I think you're going to see an absolute tsunami of uh, landslide to to reelect this president. And I think the percentage of black vote is going to be amazing. I mentioned that to say this back when you were the president's right hand man, campaign manager and running uh, things in a way that uh, a campaign manager should. Uh, the president said these words. Uh, to black people. He said, what do you have to lose? And and that was so true. And he also said, even if I, do, if you, I don't get your vote, I promise you, I'll be your greatest champion. That is a promise made. That is a promise kept on top of all the other promises that the president has made and kept. Black people, I do believe, Corey, are going to go to the polls and vote for DJT or they're going to stay home. What do you think? Let's look at it. He got 8% of the African-American vote in the 2016 election. You couple now a booming economy, which means a rising tide lifts all boats. So if you're black, green, orange, purple, yellow, you know, it doesn't matter. Your your economic situation is better today than it was four years ago. That helps. We've got the lowest unemployment level in the history of the black community right now because of this president. And then, you know, you look at what he's done in criminal justice reform because disproportionately black people have been targeted and put in jail for nonviolent offenses. And this president said, we're not going to do that. You look at the ability to free Alice Johnson. That is a success story. Whether you're black or white or green or orange, that woman did not deserve a life sentence for what happened. And I think uh, the black community recognizes that and knows that Donald Trump doesn't pander to anybody. It's not what it's about. It's about delivering on the promises that you've made and holding yourself accountable for it. And they're going to reward him at the ballot box come November of 2020, not with 8% of the vote, but with a much higher percentage. And that is going to mathematically eliminate these Democrats from any chance of the presidency. 
Are we seeing the death knell? And our special guest is Corey Lewandowski, uh, the co-author of Let Trump Be Trump, and someone who the president would love to see as a senator from New Hampshire. And I'd like to see that, too. But he's imploring all of us to make our priority of getting Donald Trump reelected. And I absolutely agree with that. We're not on fire up there, are we? But just the same, let me ask you this, Corey. Are we seeing the death knell? of the Democrat Party. Uh, have they killed themselves pursuing the, the impeachment of Donald John Trump? Is this something that they will recover from? Oh, no, they, they can't recover from this. Look, the Democrats are clearly divided. You've got the far left wing of the Democratic Party, the socialists, who truly believe in what they believe. And I mean that in a positive sense. Bernie Sanders is a true socialist in every sense of the word, and he believes in those values. But the Democrats overreach on this impeachment. They said that it would only go forward with the bipartisan notion. But the truth was, in the bipartisan fashion in the House, uh, the Democrats voted against moving impeachment forward. And so, look, we have seen the American people know that uh, this whole impeachment scam, this charade, was all politically motivated. The president's numbers are higher today than they have ever been since he's been reelected. And this impeachment debacle is going to help the president win re-election because the American people know the Democrats have failed us again. Tell us, uh, Corey Lewandowski, the last final, the final question I have for you. Tell us about then the race being the president's to lose. We know that uh, they're going to continue to try and hammer him. Uh, Can we, uh, should we not be lackadaisical or nonchalant about this 2020 election? Reinforce that for us. Well, look, we never take anything for granted. We are here in New Hampshire right now with a team of surrogates, just like we are in Iowa with a team of surrogates. We're fighting for every vote, every precinct, every ward, every polling location, because we want to make sure that the people of New Hampshire and across the country know that this president wants their vote. So we can't be locked of days ago. We know the Democrats are energized because they hate this president more than they love their country. So, look. If you think you're not going to go out and vote because Donald Trump is going to win this in a walk, don't kid yourself. Think of how close some of these states were. Michigan, we won by 8,000 votes last time. We can't take anything for granted. We're going to win because we're going to fight for every vote, every voter, and every American because that's what this president has pledged. Corey Lewandowski, God bless you and God keep you in your efforts to get the president reelected. I'll see you on the trail and thank you for being on with me again, my friend. God bless. Okay, thank you so much. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, and that was Corey Lewandowski. And uh, Corey was the right hand of the president before the progressive liberal media. And you know what? A lot of uh, what we are seeing and what's going on in uh, on, on Capitol Hill today started with the attack on Corey, on Corey Lewandowski. Yeah, it started with an attack on him. Getting rid of him. Uh, a reporter uh, lied and, and, and said that he manhandled her and all this kind of stuff. Well, truly not. Corey offered to resign. The president did not get rid of him. The president did not fire him. Corey offered to resign. The president was willing to stand in with him. And if he decides to run for office, uh, Senate seat there in New Hampshire, I'm sure the president will continue to stand with him. I hope you heard what he said. 
about the Democrats not being able to recover. They're not going to be able to recover from what they try to do against this president as far as impeachment. Pelosi talking about impeach forever. No, he wasn't. He was exonerated forever of that bogus impeachment. He was exonerated forever. And he is now going on about the business of running the country as he was doing even when, even when they wanted to impeach him. He was taking care of business. TCB. He was taking care of business. And so um, guess what, Mike Bloomberg? The business that's going to be taken care of now is uh, bringing you up again to New Yorkers and introducing you to other people throughout the country. Uh, Corey Lewandowski was my guest a little bit earlier uh, in uh, the show just, my, just, just a few minutes ago, had Corey on with us. And this is one thing that Corey said that you're going to see for yourself when it comes to Mike Bloomberg. He doesn't have any personality. He doesn't have any charisma. He's got a lot of money. Oh, there's no question about that. He's got a lots of money. <laughs> but, but he doesn't have any personality. And along with being president of the United States, and, and you know, it's one thing the president, uh, Trump, has plenty of. He has plenty of personality. And he has plenty of money. Not quite as much money as Mike Bloomberg, but he's got plenty of money. But what makes up for the money that Bloomberg has over him is Trump's personality. Bloomberg has the personality of a cold, wet dish cloth. He doesn't have any personality. So he may not, may or may not be the savior of the Democrat Party. Oh, they wish for the days of Ted Kennedy. They wish for the days of Ted Kennedy. Joe Biden just couldn't pull it off. And Joe Biden is the only um, semblance left, the only remnant, remnant left of the Kennedy era. And even he has been driven nuts by the onslaught of progressive socialist liberal Democrats. Even he doesn't he doesn't know how to how to approach it. He can't be Joe because Joe is more uh, of a moderate than the party is calling for right now, especially with Bernie Sanders being the Democrat leader of the party. Joe is in his heart of hearts and his uh, bite and soul. Joe Biden's soul, he is a moderate. He's more of a moderate than the Democrat Party elitists are calling for right now. So he can't be the nominee. He'll never get the left wing of the party. Bernie Sanders is the uh, leader of the pack because the left wing of the party is in control of this thing. Ocasio-Cortez, Tlaib, Presley, and Omar, they have taken over this thing. And uh, don't let Nancy Pelosi fool you when she tells you that they have not. Yes, they have. Every one of the contenders, even the Speaker of the House, is pandering. 
pandering to AOC and um, the, the squad. They're pandering to them. And since it was Bernie that gave birth to them, heck, it's natural that he would be the front runner because they are in control. They are in charge of the party. Don't let anyone tell you differently. But I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank all of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on this the cl bryant show well i gotta point something out to you that happened here just the other day um wall street journal and you know what (laughs) the president is right when he says that they are a hapless failed um newspaper failing newspaper Yeah, the president's right when he says that. Um, The Wall Street Journal, uh, Pelosi uh, said, um, Pelosi aimed at Mr. Trump and and hit Uncle Joe. Now, the Wall Street Journal said that, and and they they too don't really know who they want to be. (laughs) They they are the epitome. Uh, uh, they, They are the absolute best poster child for the Democrat Party because they, too, are in disarray over who and what they want to be. You know what? The president has made this so difficult for progressive socialist uh, Marxist liberals, even newspapers. He has made it so difficult because what he has been able to expose is the fact that they are not journalists at all. They are swamp creatures too. They they have they, they are no longer journalists. They too are swamp creatures. And so the other day, uh, and this is a piece by Eric Mack, I know Eric, um, quoting a line from an editorial by the Wall Street Journal, President Donald Trump Douse the Democratic primary candidates with shade, rebuking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's impeachment misfire. Trump tweeted, 
Wall Street Journal editorial, she, Crazy Nancy, aimed at Trump and hit Uncle Joe. The line, folks, actually came from a journal editorial titled Bernie Sanders Makes His Charge. Republicans say he can't win. That's what Hillary Clinton said about Donald Trump. The editorial, folks, actually positions Bernie Sanders as the leader of the Democrat primary because of his historically strong New Hampshire presence leading into the primary there Tuesday night that'll that'll occur that happened uh, Tuesday night but this is the thing that uh, I, I want you all to uh, to understand is that, is that that's all they have been doing since this debacle this impeachment debacle began they have been running into each other like keystone cops the democrat party they have been running into each other like keystone cops yeah all to his credit all, all, of, all of this is credit uh, to Sanders' grassroots appeal. This is what the, the editorial is saying. He has struck a chord in particular with millennial voters who don't recall the miseries of cold era socialism. Yeah, this is what the editorial uh, in, in the uh, Wall Street Journal is saying. Uh, the senator, talking about Sanders, is running as an outsider. <laughs> in an era when millions of Americans mistrust elite institutions. Now, uh, when you want, I want you to, I want you to understand this now because this talk about Bernie Sanders running as an outsider when you want the federal government to be the uh, single payer. For American life, how in the world does that make you some kind of outsider? No, an outsider runs like the president ran, and that is to make Americans and America great again through their understanding of the free market system and, of course, the capitalist way of life. Yeah. Bernie, when you hear people who want to rely on government funding for Americans as far as college and health care, health care, as Bernie says, uh, when you want when you see candidates talking about they want government funding exclusively for those types of things, single payer uh, type of thing, the government being the single payer as far as the premium is concerned. And then they want to label themselves as outsiders. There's one thing that, you know, their outsider stance is bogus. You can't be an outsider and depend on the government trough to bring about your programs, your social programs for the entire country. You can't. You just cannot. 
Okay? You can't. And so, friends, let us understand this. That um, Bernie Sanders is ahead now, but the Democrats don't want him. And America is not ready for him or Buttigieg. They're not ready for Buttigieg yet. They will. I think America will be uh, ready for Buttigieg um, in the near future, in four years. If we continue down this path that we're on. I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm just telling you, uh, I'm just giving you glimpses, shades of things that are to come. And if we continue on this path, we are going to see Buttigieg star rising. The kid's making a good uh, showing. Although I do believe Bernie got kind of shafted. Well, Bernie got shafted. (laughs) There's no kind of to it. Bernie got shafted in Iowa. Iowa is not a mammoth state. It's not. (laughs) How do you win? And this is this is the rub. And Bernie's right when he points this out. Oh, yes, he's right. Bernie is right. How do you win 6,000 more popular votes than Buttigieg in Iowa? One state, not the 50 when you go in electoral, but in Iowa. How do you win? In fact, is there 6,000 people in Iowa? 6,000 people may actually represent 10% how many residents? I didn't find out for me how many residents are in Iowa. But that's a lot of votes in Iowa. How does Bernie win by 6,000 popular votes, hard votes, than Buttigieg, but yet lose the Iowa caucus? That could be, and we were talking to Corey Lewandowski about this uh, just a few minutes ago, just, uh, you know, we were talking to him about this. This could be the death knell, not only of the caucuses, but this could be the death knell of the party because, uh, you see, Bernie Sanders, regardless of what he may have in front of his name as candidate Sanders, Bernie Sanders is an independent, and don't you dare Put aside the thought that Bernie is above suing the DNC because of this thing. Don't you dare. Don't you dare put that out of your mind that Bernie is above suing the DNC. Hey, He should. I think he should. He won't do it until he's he's bumped out of the race by Bloomberg. Or somebody. Or maybe if Buttigieg, listen, I'm saying that they're not ready for Buttigieg yet. But if Klobuchar doesn't make a a showing, if Bloomberg really fizzles out, uh, Buttigieg could be viable. This time around instead of next time around. And Bernie 
in that case, we'll file a suit. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, if Bernie is shut out and if Bernie does not get what he wants after being shut out in that convention. In fact, I, I, you know what? <laughs> if Bernie is shut out this time and he does not get uh, the nomination that right now at this at this moment he deserves because Uncle Uncle Joe, he's gone. He's finished. Uh, stick a fork in him. The only way he's going to be resurrected is if uh, Elisha or Elijah comes into the room where he is and breathes life into him and he comes back to life. He's going to take an old test. It's going to take an Old Testament prophet <laughs> to breathe life back into Bernie Sanders campaign. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take a resurrection. For Bernie Sanders to have life breathed back into him. I mean that. It's going to take a resurrection. And so Bernie thought that he had smooth sailing and clear sailing because Uncle Joe had stumbled and he had fallen and he cannot get up. Bernie thought he had smooth sailing, but along comes this kid, Buttigieg. Why, Bernie? Because they don't really want you. And they really don't want Buttigieg. Uh, they do not want Warren. So the door is cracked for Bloomberg. Now, Bloomberg, <laughs> this is what Bloomberg's going to do. Bloomberg is going to choose either a Latino. If Bloomberg were to get the nomination, what would he do? Let me tell you what he would do. Bloomberg would choose either a black or a Latino running mate. I can see him with Julian Castro. I can see that. I can see him with Julian Castro. He would capture the Latino uh, heart and vote, but it'll all be a play. It, that's all. It's politics. It'll all be uh, a play that he's making. But I can see him doing it. So stay tuned. The saga continues. We're going to come back on the other side of the 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 show or the break with david harris jr now david harris jr is somebody who is going to be of great interest to us uh he's the author of the book why i couldn't stay silent um one black conservative story and uh, he's going to talk to us uh when we return he and i are colleagues on the board uh the advisory board black voices for trump black voices for trump and uh it's going to be a very very interesting interview when we return with more of the cl bryant show coast to coast border to border don't go anywhere i'll be back after the news break i'm cl I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys boys. 
Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show, coast to coast and border to border over the largest talk platform in the nation, Red State Talk. And hey, folks, if you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, that iconic building. The billboard for Red State Talk is right there above Ripley's, and every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up there in Times Square, and old C.L.'s face looking right back at you, just a block from where they drop the big ball on New Year's night. And hey, if you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryant Show, be sure to download, download free V-C-T-H-E, C.L. Bryant Show app, and listen to us wherever you go. All the shows are archived right there. All of you know that uh, I share with uh, other of my fellow citizens who happen to be black in this country, some of them who are very much engaged in the political process, uh, a, a position on the advisory board, Black Voices for Trump. It is an honor and a privilege to serve alongside of them. One of my colleagues uh, on that advisory board is David Harris, Jr., and David Harris Jr. is an author. He's a speaker. And he is one of the conservative leaders in the pro-life movement. He has also written a book that I want to encourage you all to get. It is called Why I Couldn't Stay Silent. One black conservative's uh, opinion and, and voice as far as America and his journey is concerned. We're going to talk about that. So help me welcome back, or help me welcome for the first time to the show, David Harris Jr. How are you, brother? CL, it is a pleasure and an honor to be on your show with you today, my brother. I am good. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad to have you on, David, and uh, we've been trying to do this now for several months. Finally, we got you on here. David, talk to us. Uh, let's talk first about how people can get a hold of you and bring you to where they are, hear about your book, hear about your life and your work. Tell us how to get in contact. My website is davidharrisjr.com. That's a great way to connect with me. Uh, it's where people can find out about my book and, and get my book there, um, Why I Couldn't Stay Silent. 
you know, I just share in that book um, as a, as an American that was watching the debates in 2015 going into 2016 after the third debate between Trump and Hillary. Uh, I just couldn't stay silent as to what I felt was so integrally important about this, about that race. And uh, it was a very pro-life message. And I just poured my heart out. And my inbox was flooded with messages from men, women, uh, Hispanic, black, Asian, white, that uh, a, a resounding theme was that their whole family were Democrats. But because of my message, they were going to vote for Trump because that was a vote for life. And I didn't have a platform. I just had like 1,500 friends. But the video went crazy viral. And because of those messages, I just began to continue to use my voice, hoping and believing that if it would wake up one person to choose life, it'd be worth it. And uh, I actually had the honor about a year after that of finding out that that message did resonate with at least one young woman that chose to give life to her unborn baby that was contemplating having an abortion. And uh, his, his picture was sent to me, a little baby Ian was born. So I've just been on this journey now trying to wake people up to, I believe, what is uh, what is against the mainstream media, the liberal biased media that so many people unfortunately succumb to and uh, and share a message of hope, life um, and, and truth. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. We're on with David Harris, Jr. And uh, you have just said something that has caused me to think, David. And this is this. How and, and that is this. How is it possible that black people have bought in wholesale to a point where we're actually having a negative growth rate uh, in the black community. Uh, how is it that we bought into this? What was so appealing about uh, uh, birth control or, or controlling the population? Who sold us that bill of goods? Talk to us about it. You know, it's such a sad state of affairs that so many of the black community have championed basically the demise of our own of our own people. Um, to the point that you said, where we've got a negative growth rate in certain areas. I know there's more abortions of black babies in New York than black babies that are born. Um, it is truly a sad thing. I, I think that uh, I know that, uh, obviously, as you do, that uh, Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, was a racist. She wanted to use it as eugenics. She wanted to wipe out the black community. Um, and I don't think that that part of the truth of the history of Planned Parenthood has been shared. It's not shared in schools. Uh, and then it's the Democrats, you know, they champion this pro-choice uh, message that it's all about your body. And they're really championing a message of victimhood because they say, hey, if you can't afford to bring a baby into this world uh, and you want to make sure that baby doesn't have to struggle, then it's your choice to, uh, to get rid of that baby. And it's just insane to me, CL. I mean, we're talking about the most innocent and precious of, of gifts that God has given to any of us. And uh, I think culture also plays a part in that. You know, the unfortunately, the, especially the black urban culture, the music that the young kids are listening to is riddled with sex, drugs, uh, violence. And it's, it's not a culture that will perpetuate actually life and hope. So it's, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs. But um, it's one that hopefully we will begin to turn the tide on as we're waking people up. Uh, to understand that these babies are gifts from God. They've got fingers, toes, heartbeats. They can feel pain. Um, and um, absolutely, people say, you know what, I need, to, I need to be better about my choices and decisions instead of just hopping in bed and then using abortion as, an, as a last-ditch effort to get rid of an unwanted pregnancy. That's, it's, 
David Harris Jr. is my guest, folks. He is the author of the book, Why I Couldn't Stay Silent. Be sure to pick it up, Amazon, and you can get in touch with him, davidharrisjr.com. We have much more uh, to go with him, and I want to transition now to uh, something that you have alluded to, uh, David, and it is this, um, the vote, the black vote that we are seeing. There seems to be a trending, an indicator that uh, the black vote will be very surprising to Democrats as far as the abandonment of blacks from the party in 2020, or maybe blacks will stay home. But do we see an increase in percentages of blacks voting for Trump and maybe fewer who will go out and vote for the Democrat ticket? What would be the catalyst there? Talk to us. Well, I absolutely believe that we are seeing it. And I think that the those on the left are seeing it as well. You know, uh, a very striking, um, I think, alarming statement that van jones made about the state of the union address he said the president you know shot a a fire over the bow and he was talking about how he's the president has increased um funding for historical black colleges and universities he gave more than obama did and then he signed it into law so that it can't be used as a bargaining chip during budget time at the end of the year uh prison reform is huge for the black communities so many blacks have been incarcerated uh underneath uh, just an overly uh overly uh penal- penalized for their for their crimes nonviolent crimes drug offenses that uh the black community suffered from that and donald trump got prison reform done uh, add to that the opportunity zones that are going to see 9,000 communities around the country, mostly minority communities. They're going to see an influx of businesses, business growth, jobs um, because of the prisoner, because of the tax reform bill that the president passed. Uh, the president's done so much for the black community. And for Van Jones to not only identify that, but then acknowledge that, uh, it's interesting. He said it was a shot over the bow. I personally think it's a torpedo directly into the boat of the Democrat platform uh, as far as the black vote goes. And then when black Americans find out about these truths and then they go research them for themselves, then they can't stay with the side that says, well, you know what? Maybe I, he's a racist because the media tells me he is. But look at what he's doing for the black community. I think I like what he's doing for the black community more than I like trying to uh, harness with these feelings and side with these feelings over how I may personally feel about him because of some of the things he said. I think we are going to see record turnout of black Americans uh, this year for this president. You know, David Harris Jr. is my guest uh, here today, folks, the author of the book, Why I Couldn't Stay Silent. And uh, he's certainly not silent here today. Uh, We launched uh, Black Voices for Trump in Atlanta a few months ago now. And uh, David and I were together, were together with the president uh, there in Atlanta. There was something, David, that the president said uh, when he addressed that crowded room of black faces there in Atlanta. He said uh, when he was campaigning that he told the black community, whether you vote for me or not, I will be your greatest champion. David, is that a promise made and a promise kept? Talk to us. Absolutely, CL. You know, he, he went into 2016. He was he, he 
Uh, he championed just what he had to lose. He didn't talk about all the things he was going to do, but then he's done so many things for the black community. There's no way we can't acknowledge the fact that he is, I believe, the greatest champion that we've had in the White House probably since Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. It's it's a beautiful thing to see what this president has done for the black community. But uh, I know he loves all Americans. I mean, the 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 slanted, twisting the mainstream media consistently tries to do to get black people emotional over that name, over that word racism. Uh, it's all fraud. It's all a sham, just like all the other shams that they throw at this president's direction. Uh, I know I'll be with them next week at the Black History uh, Month event at the White House. I've met him several times, six, seven times now. Uh, there's not a racist bone in his body. And nobody ever accused him of being a racist until he decided to run for president as a Republican. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right there. And uh, in fact, Trump was a darling of so many people who actually uh, hate him now. In fact, they have the voodoo dolls of him now. He was actually their darling before he ran for president. And let me ask you this, then shifting gears to what we are seeing uh, in uh, the Democrat Party. Uh, There seems to be an ascension of Bloomberg uh, beginning to happen. Bloomberg may be rising. Uh, they don't seem to really want Buttigieg. They don't want Bernie Sanders. Uh, are we beginning to see uh, perhaps some room being made for Mike Bloomberg there? And what are the problems that are inherent in a Bloomberg candidacy, particularly among black voters? Talk to us, David Harris. Well, the the biggest thing, obviously, that's hit the news today is the fact that uh, he's he's speaking directly to, I believe, law enforcement. He's telling them that uh, they need to target the minority community. He says ninety to ninety five percent of murders are are minorities, and the problem with that is that it's factual. But the it's the way that he says it, he he continues to then say, you know, throw them up against a wall and frisk them. Okay, well, if if you're if I'm if I'm hearing you say throw them up against the wall and frisk them, then that means to me like I've got pretty much free reign to treat these individuals how I want, and that is no attitude that should ever be accepted by any person of color uh, from an individual that then wants to run our nation. So I think he's got some serious problems, uh, and I know that that just that just broke today. I, I personally would not vote for the man. But uh, I think he's got some serious issues, and I hope the black community um, recognizes those issues and uh, and then votes results, because the only person that's gotten results for the black community is President Trump. Absolutely. Uh, that is true. Before you came on, Corey Lewandowski was my guest. And let me ask you this, then. It was a, a question that I asked uh, Corey uh, just a few minutes ago. David Harris Jr. is my guest, and his book, Why I Couldn't Stay Silent, get it, check it out, and uh, see for yourself why there's going to be, in my opinion, a tsunami uh, that pushes Donald John Trump into his second term. But this is the question, David. Uh, When we look at the impeachment debacle and the failed state of that, does that spell actually a death knell for for the Democrat Party? Have they actually killed themselves? Can they recover from the mishaps that they have experienced in Iowa and in the failed impeachment attempt? David Harris. Junior. You know, the the failed attempt after failed attempt from the Russia hoax to the Ukraine hoax 
to Nancy Pelosi shredding the State of the Union um, speech that the president made, I've heard from so many people. Uh, I've seen so many messages, private messages. Uh, I've heard clips from Americans that have been Democrats and supporting Democrats for decades that say, you know what, I'm done. I'm tired of listening to this. Nothing they're saying is happening. Nothing that they've said has proven true. And then Nancy has the audacity to shred a speech that had a lot of amazing things in there about amazing people, heroes, uh, individuals that had lost loved ones, service member. It's just I don't see, CL, I honestly don't see how Americans could continue to support the Democrat Party in its current state. And I don't see the Democrat Party doing anything differently to change. So I do think we're seeing the absolute implosion of the Democrat Party in the eyes of the American people. They'll they'll probably just stay home. They probably won't vote. So many Americans are probably just not going to vote for Democrats. And I think that uh, from the poll numbers that we've seen from the rallies that this president has been holding, there's been 20 to 25 percent of the tickets purchased have been from Democrats. I think there's a lot of Americans out there that say, you know what, I'm tired of feeling like I'm being lied to. I'm tired of the disdain that I'm seeing from individuals like Nancy Pelosi and Schiff uh, and uh, Nadler. And I want to go hear what this president has to say. And I'll tell you, when they go to a Trump rally or when they truly just listen to the man speak for themselves, I think they're going to be hooked. They're going to say, you know what? He's got my vote. He's he's doing what he said he was going to do. He's keeping his promises. The economy is booming. We just had another record in our stock market. We need to give this man four more years. Four more years is the battle cry, folks, coming from Black Voices for Trump Advisory Board member, my colleague, uh, David Harris, Jr., author of the book, Why I Couldn't Stay Silent. He is also a fellow of the Falkirk Center and, of course, as I have mentioned, board member, advisory board member, along with me, Black Voices for Trump. And we're going to return with him after this short break. There's much more for us to talk about. About, I want to talk about uh, prison reform and how this president has, in fact, uh, been a champion of that as well. Um, as I tell you often, folks, uh, I am uh, someone who has seen both sides of the street. Former president of the NAACP, Garland, Texas, a dad in the wool, a liberal, uh, some over 30 some odd years ago. And I saw the light. David has a story uh, as well of seeing the light and changing a direction. And that is the important part of this conversation. There is a directional change that so many in this country must take, especially those who have been voting in blocks ethnically ethnically for so long. And I am seeing that crack with the work that's being done by people like David Harris Jr. and uh, Black Voices for Trump. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I'll return with more after these brief words. Don't you go anywhere. I'll be right back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank all of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge daily right here on the CL Bryant Show throughout the Fruited Plains. I want to thank all of our terrestrial stations who uh, replay the show. And I also want to thank uh, other platforms who have us on live, uh, like Loving Liberty and uh, Liberty Roundtable. And want to thank all of you for being there for us and helping to make us as popular as we have become. Um, thanking Red State Talk Radio, our flagship station throughout the Fruited Plains and around the globe. And if you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryant Show, download free the C.L. Bryant Show app and all the shows are archived there. This show will be archived there. In fact, this show uh, will be replayed. I believe that's Friday that we're replaying uh, this show. So if you, you're listening and a friend of yours may have missed it, our interview with Corey and of course here with uh, my friend David Harris Jr., uh, be sure to tell them they can tune in again on Friday and catch what they have missed. We're on with my special guest uh, this uh, segment of um uh, and he's the author of the book why i couldn't stay silent david harris jr david harris jr dot com he is also uh very proud to be a fellow of falkirk center and uh david let's continue with our conversation now and uh, when we talk about certain reforms that other presidents had um t- considered why is it that this president, how is it that this president actually got something done that other presidents, in particularly Barack Obama, did not get done? Talk to us about that. You know, I think it goes to the vision and mission of the president's heart, uh, Donald Trump's heart. Uh, his his mission, I believe, going in, you know, he's got a long track record of doing things to support those in the black community that were champions in uh, in their communities. And I believe that he wanted to make sure that he utilized his time in office to do things that things like Obama did not get done. Uh, you know, you, you look at Alice Johnson, the, the commercial play during the Super Bowl of when Alice Johnson was freed. He pardoned her. Obama was petitioned to pardon her, and he turned her down several times. He wouldn't even listen to it. I think he had a different agenda for our country, and he, and he said he wanted to fundamentally transform the foundation of our country, which I don't believe was a good thing at all, and I expound on that in my book. Um, and a great place to get that book, too. I thank you so much for promoting it. It's on my website, com. But I believe that this president's heart is actually for all people, but he understands that the black community in this country has suffered greatly 
um, from some very bad deals. The the three strikes bill uh, was horrible for the black community. And he, he is a master negotiator. He wrote The Art of the Deal. He built a multi-billion dollar global empire. He understands how to get the job done. And he absolutely, I believe, said, I want to do something positive and impactful for the black community while I'm in office. And he's done that. Prison reform is huge. Uh, it's reunited so many black individuals with their families that were looking at life and even double and triple life sentences. I've interviewed several of them on my show. So uh, the, 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 the beautiful thing about what this president's doing uh, is he didn't get in office because of the black vote. But I definitely believe that what he's done on so many fronts for the black community is going to see an amazing turnout. And I believe we're going to help get him another uh, another run in office, um, another four years. Absolutely. And Black Voices for Trump, folks, I continually want to remind you of that has been very instrumental in doing that. David and I both are on the advisory board for Black Voices for Trump. Uh, David, um, let me uh, then ask you this. Let's go down this trail here. Um, Unfortunately, still, there are so many, both black, white, whoever they might be. Uh, When you mention conservative, when you mention Republican, and certainly when you mention the word uh, or the name Donald Trump, uh, their eyes glaze over and they they, they almost have um, a spasm as far as that is concerned. How did we become so programmed uh, as as uh, people, um, black people in particular, I'm speaking of. But then how is it that young whites are so enraptured with people like Bernie Sanders, AOC? What type of climate are we seeing uh, emerge here in America when we see a youthful drift toward socialism? David Harris, Jr., you know, the youthful issue, I believe, is spawned because of the education system, uh, the structures, the, the teachers, the professors. You know, Charlie Kirk wrote an amazing book uh, exposing that anywhere from 70 to 80, even 90 percent in some schools of the professors, teachers are liberals and they're pushing an agenda. And our kids are coming out of this uh, out of school being indoctrinated, basically, with these ideolo- ideologies that are not of free market capitalization. They're, they're not understanding that's what makes our country uh, the greatest country that's ever existed in the, in the history of the world. They don't understand these things. And so you've got Bernie Sanders and, and AOC that are trying to champion these anti-capitalism messages and basically trying to act like Santa Claus, that everything needs to be free and redistribute the wealth, and the wealthy are the enemy. And it's this total message that, that's been uh, unfortunately accepted because of the educational system. And then you go back to you know the black community uh, supporting Democrats, and I was fortunate enough that my mother didn't tell me to just blindly vote one party, period. She said, pay attention to who votes not what they say when they're in the public limelight, not when they're making speeches. Pay attention to what they voted and how they voted, and then vote your values, vote your beliefs. And so for me, for for any individual that believes that unborn baby can be murdered in the womb, uh, they're not going to get my vote. If that is morally off with them, then what else is off, in my opinion? So I believe that we need a wake-up in this country. You know, I'm, I'm so fortunate and thankful that God grabbed me and got a hold of me when he did because I was going down the wrong path in, in high school. I was into drugs. I was dealing drugs. Um, 
And God grabbed me and got a hold of me and, and showed me his love. And it woke me up to realize, you know what? I, I, I need to not follow my own way. I need to follow God's plan for my life. And in doing that, I've been married almost 26 years now. I have two beautiful kids, um, have been very successful in business, and God has blessed my life. And I really think that we need that kind of a heart wake-up call in all of our lives, no matter our color. We all need that kind of a heart wake-up call that says, I need to understand that I'm not on this earth by accident. I'm here for a purpose and a reason, and I'm alive right now in this time for a reason. And God can connect me to that, and then he can direct my steps to help make sure that I'm using the best opportunities of my time and resources in this moment. Well said, David Harris Jr. is my guest. You said something that I want to uh, revisit here uh, early in your comment there. You said that uh, there's a Santa Claus mentality, uh, good buddy uh, Rush Limbaugh, and let's all pray for Rush in his battle uh, with uh, um, lung cancer. And also I solicited your prayers for my wife, Jane, as well. Uh, But Rush uh, coined that phrase, uh, you can't, it's hard to beat Santa Claus. It's hard to beat Santa Claus. Uh, When we think about the money that it would take to bring about uh, the the goodies that Bernie and uh, Warren and Cortez and those types uh, are, are espousing. Uh, is there also, David Harris Jr., an awakening that's going on in this country about the fiscal reality of the free market and the capitalist system. Are black people beginning to enjoy that to a point where that alone would help them to throw off the shackles of socialism? I believe that some are beginning to see it. I know that, again, I travel all over the country. I I meet a lot of uh, people of all backgrounds and races, but specifically I'm always normally wearing my Keep America Great hat or I'm wearing a Donald Trump uh, T-shirt or something that shows my support for this president. And I'm always looking to find out how people are going to respond. And two, three years ago, especially three years ago when I was wearing my Donald Trump gear, I definitely got a lot more crazy looks from black folks. I've actually even had an opportunity to sit next to a gentleman on the plane that uh, thought he was being punked. He, he, he didn't he didn't believe we really existed, blacks that support this president. <laughs> but it, it, gave, it gave me the opportunity, CL, to actually talk to him and share with him why I support this president. And when I begin to break down fact after fact after fact and all the different points that you've always so eloquently shared, um, he said, you know what? I hadn't heard of any of those things because he listens to the mainstream media. I said, please do your research. If you look at your research and you look at what's going on, and I know you're seeing the benefit in your 401k from this economy, you'll see why we're supporting this president. So I believe there is a lot of people that are waking up uh, to enjoy what uh, what we have under this, underneath this current administration. Absolutely. And you know what, David? Um, the, the one thing that I, I always ask uh, everyone who has come on the show and everybody has been on the show from Hannity to you name them. They've been on the show uh, to Judge Janine uh, uh, Pirro. They've been on the show. And Michelle, we got to get her back real soon, by the way. Uh, Hannity, Hannity, too. Call call Linda, get Hannity on. But this is the thing that we I want to ask you, because it's one that's important for people to get a good look and see who you are when you answer this question. David, um, you've been on the the trail a long time. You've been fighting the good fight a a good while now. You've been successful. You've turned your life around. And uh, America is a place where you and I can tell our American story. 
So when you sit on the porch with your wife and you're, you're in the rocking chair and you're looking into the setting sun holding hands and you've uh, sort of hung up your, your spurs and uh, your, your, your saddle and you're reflecting over your life, talk to us about legacy. What is it that David Harris Jr. want us to recall and remember about his life? Talk to us about your legacy. You know, Seal, that's a great question. You know, that's something that uh, that I do think about uh, often and because it brings us back to the reality that we, we won't be in this current situation. We won't have, you know, as many days on Earth. Eventually, we will be uh, at the end of our race at some point. And, you know, I, I want to know that I utilize the time I had wisely that i not that i didn't get a get in front of god you know i've i've run ahead of god so much in my life and he finally gave me this picture like a good father would he showed me this picture of oftentimes he'll give me something that i'm excited about he'll show me something that he wants to do with me uh co-laboring with him just like a father would love to work with his son or daughter on on it on it on anything and um he showed me that he would give me this something he would give me something and then i would go take off and leave him behind and i don't want to do that i want to be able to live my life live love my family well and know that what he's calling me to do I'm doing it with him in his timing, trusting on him and walking in his pace. And I believe that if I do that with him, all things are possible. I won't leave anything on the table and I'll be able to to know that I'm going to hear him say, well done, good, faithful servant, um, you know, when that day comes. So that that is my goal. Hopefully I'll make uh, in that journey, I'll make the impact that he wants me to make in this generation waking people up to not stay silent, to use their voice, to, to research, uh, to understand why they believe the way they do, and then be vocal about it and, and, and make their own impact. Uh, and hopefully that's what I have the opportunity to do and, and feel good about. Well said. Well done, man. And uh, tell the people one more time how they can engage with David Harris Jr. Yeah, DavidHarrisJr.com is my website where you can get my book. On all my social media handles, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, I'm at David J. Harris Jr. Uh, for all social media handles. So I've had, the, I've had the president retweet me and share my videos on his Instagram before. Um, I try to just uh, be a voice and uh, utilize the voice that I've got to, to wake people up and bring truth uh, in a time that's so desperate in need of it. Well, God bless you and keep you, man. And thank you for sharing with us how he has blessed you the same as he has blessed this nation from sea to shining sea. Continue to fight the good fight, David. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Thank you again, friend, for being on with me here today. My pleasure, CL. And I'd love to have you on my podcast. I just launched a podcast. Uh, it's on iTunes, Google, uh, uh, Google Play, Spotify. But I'd love to have you on for a good in-depth one-on-one interview with, interview with you, brother. Michelle, will make it happen. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, All man. Right. Bye now. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That, my friends, was David Harris Jr. And, uh, hey, he had a lot to say uh, to us. And I want to thank you all for uh, tuning in here today. The CL Bryant Show will be coming up on the home stretch after these uh, brief words here in a minute. 
Corey Lewandowski was on with me earlier in the show and uh, really glad that uh, we were able to get David Harris Jr. on with us here today. Wall Street Journal is um, uh, indicating that uh, Bernie Sanders um, is getting slapped around <laughs> inadvertently by Nancy Pelosi. She takes aim at Trump and slaps Bernie around. Um, Mr. Biden, of course, finished fourth in the Iowa uh, in Iowa and might be the collateral damage. <laughs> That didn't hit Bernie, hit uh, Uncle Joe, I'm talking about. It may be the collateral damage of Nancy Pelosi's impeachment missile. Uh, She aimed at Mr. Trump and hit Uncle Joe, according to uh, the Wall Street Journal. The senator, um, he said, Bernie Sanders, (laughs) Bernie Sanders said he was um, uh, running as an outsider. That's what he said. But you know what? There is no one who wants to spend your tax dollars on the type of programs that uh, (laughs) Bernie and Warren and Cortez and, you know, the usual suspects would want to spend. Listen, not even CNN wants them to spend that kind of money. (laughs) Nobody who's sane And you might say, well, CNN's not saying, yes, they are. They just have a role to play. Oh, yes, they are saying they have a role to play. That's what they have. They have a role to play. And so uh, nobody really wants to see us go down the trail that Uncle, uh, that uh, Uncle, Uncle Joe, no, not Uncle Joe, but Bernie Sanders wants us to go down. Not even CNN. They don't want to go down that. Wall Street Journal doesn't want to go down that. That's why they're pointing out that Nancy Pelosi uh, was saying certain things uh, that were aimed at Mr. Trump, at President Trump, but hit Uncle Joe. Despite the president's celebration on Twitter, Republicans might be careful, though, for what they wish for, the journal board wrote. Republicans will be tempted to cheer, thinking Mr. Trump would trounce Mr. Sanders. The board uh, concluded that some GOP officials in South Carolina, the Charleston Post and Courier reports uh, plans to urge Republicans to vote for Bernie in the state open primary. This, of course, is playing with fire. <laughs> yeah, you you know, it, it it could be. Sanders is beating Trump in uh, most head-to-head polls in key states according to the polls. But then again, so is Hillary. Now, when we return with the final segment of the show for today, I want to examine why maybe you would have a pretty good horse race between the president, who should easily trounce Sanders, but might not because of what Sanders is talking about. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. I thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with the home stretch. Of the C.L. Bryant Show. Down the stretch he comes. Hey, folks. Bernie Sanders and Donald John Trump running for president of the United States. Donald John Trump running to keep his presidency. Bernie Sanders running to unseat Donald John Trump. No one uh, on the conservative side of the ledger would give a socialist in this country a fighting chance to be president of the United States. It does seem absolutely far-fetched, doesn't it? Of course it does. It seems far-fetched. But now, It seems far-fetched if you're over 45 years of age. (laughs) Except to other socialists. You know, if you're over 45 years of age, uh, chances are you're on your way to making some money. Uh, You might have a mortgage. You should. You probably have a mortgage. You're paying a car note. You got you have children or maybe you got some kids if you're 45 who might be headed off to college or maybe in college. You're paying bills. Yeah, you're paying bills. No question about it. If you're 45 years of age, if you're worth uh, half of your the, the worth of your salt in your body, <laughs> you're paying some bills. Contributing to the health of America, right? Well, we hope you are. To that person who is making his contribution and who has paid his dues is paying their dues. Well, the free college tuition may sound like it is something that is, um, you know, appealing because you're thinking it's free, but it's not. Because if you are that 45 year and up to 65, 75 year uh, aged person in that uh, 30 year time frame if we're having to pay for free college for the young people and uh, pay for free health care for everybody else and and all of that type of thing and of course expand the food uh, stamp program as you know they would like to do a program that had been shrunken by the Trump administration because people have gone from uh, food stamps to work 
But if you're going to pay for all that, if, if, if all of that's got to be paid for, then it's going to be the 45 to 65-year-olds year who are going to do it. Now, it won't matter if you have children in college and they're getting free education because you're being taxed to death. <laughs> and so there is no free ride, folks. There is no free ride. Somebody has to pay. Uh, and we keep saying, uh, you know, when my kids uh, were, uh, you know, young and we take them to the amusement park and, and all that type of thing. And, and the, the kid would, would walk um, behind me, would be behind me. The kids would be behind me. And I'd say, I'm paying for that one, that one, and that one. That one, that one, that one, and that one. Did I say that four times? And uh, if the grandkids were with me, I'd go on, you know, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. You know, I'd pay for all of them, nine, ten tickets. I'd pay for us all because they were my children. And so I paid their way. But now I want you to get this here on the home stretch today. If someone else pays for your children and they happen to be from the government saying that they're here to help, believe me, they're not paying anything, friend. It's going to be you, except this time you're not just paying for your children. You're paying for everybody's child. Even if you don't have children, you're paying for everybody's child. Where your taxes weren't as high as they could be if you weren't paying for everybody's child, your taxes will be higher if you are paying for every child so it's not free nothing's free there is no free ride there are no free lunches even when they give you free lunch even when they give you food stamps there is no free food people have to pay yeah Grandpa, my grandfather, used to um, have uh, pecan and peach orchards. And, um, you know, when I was growing up, he had pecan, peach orchards, pears. We had pears uh, as well. And um, my, my grandfather, even though he was, uh, couldn't read, he could write his name, you know, he was taught to write his name and all that. He was a very successful businessman, had um, uh, pulp wood trucks, and had people working for him and all that type of thing. And uh, you couldn't beat him counting money, even though he couldn't read. He certainly could count. He was not bad at mathematics. <laughs> he was very good at mathematics. Isn't that amazing? But um, the corners, he was very biblical, very scriptural type person. And anybody who wanted to could get peaches, pears, um, pecans. They, they couldn't come across into the orchard and pick. No, that was a no-no. That would be absolute trespass. But they could go to the corner of the fields 
as scripture says. And they could pick the from the branches of the trees and so forth that were at the corners of the field. Grandpa did not um, forbid that. And there were certain people who knew about his generosity in that way, and they would pick from the corner of the fields. This is my point. There were also people who encroached upon that goodness. As it was being encroached upon back in the day when you had so many people abusing the food stamp program, the welfare program, they were abusing it. And just like grandpa's field, he didn't mind if you pick from the corner of the field. But there were people who encroached and began to shake trees that they didn't plant. And actually began to um, uh, cut into and, and, and dig into the, the, the potential profit of those peach, pear, and pecan orchards. There were even rustlers. Grandpa also had cattle. And, um, and there were also rustlers who would actually steal calves. Yeah, especially um, heifers, female cows. They would encroach upon what they had not raised or fed and paid for. They hadn't, they would encroach upon that. And the reason I'm bringing all that up, the reason I'm saying that is because there are people right now who want to hire politicians. That's what Nancy Pelosi, that's what Bernie Sanders is all about. They want to hire these people to steal from you. That's all Bernie can do because when he's talking about government money, he's not talking about money that's going to be given by anybody other than Joe Taxpayer. And he particularly wants to target the rich taxpayer. A fallacy that Joe points out to us is this one. That wealthy people are not paying their fair share in taxes. That's a lie. Wet wealthy people pay most of our taxes. They carry most of the burden. And the question has to be what happens when they themselves run out of money. So the horse race that is developing or could develop between Bernie Sanders and President Trump, the strength of Bernie's race will rest upon the fact that there is a mindset in America now that is in love with leisure and free stuff. There is a mindset in America now that is in love with leisure and free stuff. And if Bernie Sanders is able to run any type of campaign against Donald John Trump, if he is able to run any type of campaign against Donald Trump without being totally McGoverned, in the process, and I mean absolutely beaten to death, meaning that the only state that he can win is his home state. 
I'm not really sure Pete Buttigieg can actually do that. That's why the Dems don't really want him yet. Because I'm not sure, and I'm not, not sure if Buttigieg is sure of that, that he could win his own state. Is that possible? Bernie would win Vermont and New Hampshire. He'd win two states most likely. Oh, he'd probably win California. And then again, I don't know. Because we're going to be doing some work in California that may actually turn some things around. But the one thing that Bernie can win and is winning is the imaginations of young people. Imagine all the people living life in peace, a utopia, nothing to kill or die for. That's the utopia that socialist Bernie would want you to believe exist. But you must understand that the word itself, utopia, speaks of something that never existed ever existed and shall never exist. Utopia. Doesn't happen. Not among human beings. It can't happen. Not in this fallen world. There is no way possible. So, it can be sold, though, It can be pushed. It can be talked about. How free stuff is available to everyone. Every chicken in every pot. A car in every garage. Free health care. And free college. Utopia. We're talking about something that never was and never shall be. Well, that's the end of the show for today. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another program. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to speak with you again, I'm CL. And my heartfelt desire for all of you is that God will bless and keep you all. through